you'll be king enthroned forever and ever. Father, we bless your name this morning for, God, for not the things that you bring to our lives, but Father, who you are. Because we know that if it weren't for you, we wouldn't be. So Father, thank you. Thank you for a desire that you once had to share fellowship with your people. God, may we not take that for granted. God, heighten our awareness of who you are. We love you this morning. Father, we just, we thank you. We can't thank you enough. But we thank you and we love you. Now, Holy Spirit, have your way. Do what you've come to do. Move me out of the way. Open up the hearts and the minds of your people. Father, hide me behind the cross. God, I know that you've given me a word this morning for this body. God, this is a body that is expecting. Father, this is a body that is pregnant. Father, they are pregnant with the things that you want us to enjoy, they, the things that you want us to experience, the things that you want us to do for the kingdom. So, Father, have your way this morning. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, y'all can at least be friendly with somebody beside you and say, thank you for coming. You made me look better this morning. Well, we're going to try this. God's help and the Holy Spirit help will. We'll get through this one. All right, kids, put away your toys. Set in class. Pay attention. I'm going to take you to Sunday school. Okay? We're going to learn about Zacchaeus. He was a wee little man. <laughs> See how churched we can get. You've got your Bibles, let's turn to Luke. Luke chapter 19, we're going to start at verse 1. My prayer for you during this Christmas season is that your heart becomes so full of the grace and the mercy and the love of God that you can't stand yourself. That you have to share it with somebody. I prayed it one morning, you wake up, and they run around the house dancing. Amen. Dancing with the joy of God in them. Be cutting people's head and be singing. No, you, no, no. They're going to know the difference. They're going to know the difference. Y'all Ready? Come on, look, don't be so scared. This is a little Sunday school lesson. I mean, anybody can go back there and teach this to the kids. It's just a little Sunday school lesson about a little old man 
decided to run up a tree to see who he could see. Zacchaeus. Luke chapter 19, starting at verse 1. Ready? Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him, and he said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and he came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. I wonder how many of you here today is wanting to really see who Jesus is. More than just being content with your salvation, because most of us, if not all of us, know Jesus in that way. That he is our savior. He's the one that bled and died. Maybe, maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're not that person. Maybe, maybe you need to know him in that light. And can I tell you this morning that that too is possible. To tell you that the cost of your salvation. I need to tell you this. That the cost of your salvation has already been paid. And there's no price you can pay to receive it. Just accept the call when the Holy Spirit stirs your heart. By recognizing there is a need for a Savior. And that Jesus is just that Savior. Understand that you are lost. And y'all just bear with me for a minute because somebody... Understand that you are lost and on your way to a cruel place called hell. Know that God never intended that place for you. Instead, he has given you a choice between life and death. And the day I say to you, choose life. 
Contrary to what the world says about salvation, yes, I'm reading my notes because he interrupted me when I was in a thought. Contrary to what the world says about salvation, there is only one way. And that is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ and not by our own efforts or works. It's by God's love for us and the work that was completed through and by Jesus through his death, burial, and resurrection. That, friend, is available to you. If you do not know Jesus Christ on that level of salvation, today's the day of salvation. I think so many times we get caught up in in wanting to bring a revelation. We want to have the, the next best word. We want to, we want to be the, the preacher of the week. We want to be on the highlight reel come Monday morning that we forget that something so great took place as to afford us a salvation. Being saved from hell. And being saved to glory. So I think he wouldn't want me to pass by that this morning. So if you're sitting here this morning. You don't know Jesus on a personal level. Can I invite you. To bend your ear. And hear the word of the Lord. And when you hear the call. You come running. Because see it's not under the influence of this pastor. Or any other preacher for that matter. That you're saved. It's only by the drawing of the Holy Spirit. So my prayer is today that the Holy Spirit call you. That he call you to a different place. Now with that being said and how free salvation is to us. That we can't pay for this. Discipleship on the other hand. Uh oh. Comes with a price. See we, we shouldn't take so lightly that. Just because we come to church and sit in a church group setting, that we're disciples of Christ. Oh, you may be saved. You may be on your way to glory. Well, hallelujah. And I'm, I'm going to applaud you all the way through. But can I tell you that God has much more for you here than just to be saved and make it there. If that was his only intent, was to save you and get you to heaven, the moment that you accepted Christ... He would have taken your last breath and taken you on to glory because he would have completed his goal. He would have achieved what he set out to achieve. So this tells me that it's not about that. He called Adam and he told Adam to have dominion, to rule over, to multiply on the earth. We're here for purpose. We're here that his kingdom come. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, becoming a disciple causes us to give up what's important to us for what's important to him. Oh, boy, I was, I was really needing confirmation this morning. And daggone it, if these songs don't hit them. Man, I give you everything. Nothing, 
nothing in our lives should become more important than what He wants for our lives. And, and this is a hard pill to swallow. Because some will instantly go into a carnal mentality and they'll begin to go, well, wait a minute, are you telling me that I've got to sell my business and, and I can't have friends and, and, and I can't do this and I can't, do, I can't have a nice car and I can't, I'm not telling you any of that. Matter of fact, what I'm telling you is that if you put him first, I promise you this, everything that he desires for you, you'll have. The problem with us is that when we begin to be so focused on the things that we can achieve and the things that we can gain from life, that becomes our focus, which automatically, automatically disqualifies you from being a disciple. You can't have it. This ain't Burger King. That's right. Can't have it your way. You got It's his way or no way. It's heaven or it's hell. There is, guys, listen, there is no in-between in the ever after. You're going one place or another. There is something about this discipleship that I see in Zacchaeus. Because here he, he, was, he was of high influence. Rich. Now, people, everybody didn't like him. Because he was taking everybody's money. But I see this rich man in his mind thinking that, well, Jesus probably doesn't even know me because of who I am and what I do because I don't see myself doing what they're doing. And then he's looking at a crowd of people that don't like him because they do know who he is and what he, anybody ever felt that way? You ever got caught up in the middle of something? You don't think this one does because you don't do, and this one don't because you do do. I see Zacchaeus hung up here. And it said that Zacchaeus, I wrote notes and I really want to hang on, but man, I feel so tired. I feel like a caged lion when I'm sitting back there. Here Zacchaeus is, we, we, we run into this text, and we have to know who Zacchaeus is. We, we said that he's a tax collector. He, he takes people's money. He, he works for Rome. So he is probably an, an outcast to the normal Jewish custom because of what he'd done for Rome and his position that he carried. And here he is. The Bible, the Bible actually said, I want to use that word, is that he sought to see who Jesus was. Not so much to see the character of Jesus. He wasn't looking for the character of Jesus. He was trying to pick Jesus out in the crowd. He wanted to know who he was. But for some reason, he's tied up in the crowd, and the crowd won't let him go. Ain't that the way we feel sometimes? Man, you, you want to know Jesus in a different dimension, but our church doesn't believe this, and our church... <laughs> Preach it. Preach it. Because we get hung up in the traditions and the religion of church 
that we feel, this is why, listen, this is why most of us come to church and we feel strapped when we come to church. It's just mundane. It's just, it's just another Sunday. We don't know if preacher's going to spit or if he's going to run or jump on a pew or throw a baby. We don't know. But we just know that it's another Sunday. And we're supposed to go to church on Sundays. That's what we've been taught. Go to church on Sundays. And we get hung up there. Even though we want to see Jesus differently, we, we, are, we are out seeking to see who this man really is other than our Savior. Not that that's a bad thing. That's an awesome thing. But that's just the beginning. Come on, if you think you've got all of God just because you got saved, I got news for you. There's things that he wants to unleash in your life and in your mind and in your heart, in your finances, in your health. Well, preacher, you say it. You, you preaching that prosperity. I know. I said if you seek first the kingdom, then all these things. What are things? Things? The things that you desire, the things that you want, the things that you're after, the things that you're hoping. All of those things then will be added to you. Have you ever sat and thought about why the struggle so much to gain what it is that we're after to gain? Come on, I'm, come on. I, I can preach to me. I can preach to me. I ain't got to talk to you. I can preach to me. Because we get so hung up. We go, man, this is going so good. This must be what God wants for my life. And lo and behold, now that thing has become. Told you, this ain't about just the wee little man. This is about what's it worth? Are you seeking after God? Do you, do you really want to see who this man Jesus truly is? What's it worth? Oh, we can say, we, man, it sounds good, right? It said you can come to church after a little fast. Come on, that wasn't even a fast, guys. That was seven days. Seven days of putting something down that was unhealthy for you. That wasn't even, that wasn't even a fast. I was just trying to help you. <laughs> What's it worth to you? You thinking? You thinking about what it's worth to you? To be a disciple of Christ? To see this man Jesus? Who he really is? Are you willing to go outside of the norm to meet this man called Jesus? Not being held up by the crowd. Not being held up by church and religion and tradition. But be, be willing to break through the crowd. See, Zacchaeus, I mean, he could have stood there in the midst of that crowd hoping that Jesus would invite him to the front. He could have sat in the crowd hoping that the crowd would have made way for him to get to the front. Or he could have decided to do something different. Decisions cost you everything. 
You, it, it ain't like no, <laughs> this ain't like no New Year's resolution. I'm going to lose 15 pounds and January the 2nd, you eating chocolate covered donuts. I'm not talking about these desires. I'm not talking about these wants and, and these flippant little things that we put out. I'm talking about decision. I'm talking about when you make a decision that you go after it, no matter what the cost, everything in your life now has gone to the back burner, and I'm going to focus on this. Zacchaeus made a decision. He come out, look, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter to you if you really don't know who we're talking about. But we're talking about Zacchaeus, an influential rich man. I'm sure that he was probably, we've been watching that Chosen. We, and, and it's kind of cool. I mean, so it's kind of cool. I told her yesterday, or the other day, I went, daggone it, man, Hollywood. Because there's just some things. I mean, because how many of you know that Philip wasn't given the revelation that Jesus was the Son of God? But yet in this story, they predicted that. Or, or they, what's the word I'm looking for? They, they showed that. They, they made it out to be that he was the one. Because it was just in the wording. It, was just, it wasn't that he asked. Never mind. I got mad. It was going along so good. <laughs> but anyway. Where was I? Zacchaeus. Oh, he was. <laughs> if we didn't realize who he was, and if we didn't really know what he was about, it wouldn't really mean anything to us that he ran before the crowd. He... Come on, he... He decided to make a break for it. I just have to picture him like Matthew in The Chosen. Walking down the street and really not wanting people to see. Hiding in carts. Making somebody drive him <laughs> under a blanket. What do you mean get out? <laughs> I see Zacchaeus the same way. Because he's not favored by men. Rather hated. So I'm sure he was probably just kind of maybe in the back. But he was short, so I guess he could have been in the middle with nobody seen him. So for him to make such a scene, to break free of the crowd, see, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't mean a whole lot until... I was talking to BJ this morning. It doesn't mean a whole lot to, to anybody else. But when, when God begins to move in your life and move on your life, and he calls for certain things out of you, you've got to be willing to become foolish. Amen. I will say no. To see, to be seen as a fool. Because yep. I don't want you running out doing foolish things and saying it's God. That's mm -hmm. You've got to be... There, there's times that you've got to be willing to be seen as a fool in the eyes of others. Because, see, God will call you out of your ordinary. God will call you out of the, of the flow. He'll, he'll reach right down in you and go, hey, 
when you've already had a couple meetings before. You want to start church? Nope. Not interested. Ain't starting no church. Okay, great. How about a church with two people? Okay. <laughs> what? But he'll call you out and everybody else will look at you as a fool. <laughs> you doing what? Thought you was going to wait a year. <laughs> Are you an idiot? You done lost your mind. And off, it's off to the races then. And, and you get so caught up in, in this thing that God has set on your life and you're just like, wow, gone. That's where we see, oh, here we go. Now we're going. Now I feel my helper. Now I feel my helper. See, when, when God will call you to things like that, and he finds that you're willing in your obedience to step out, Abraham, and to step out and go, you begin to realize God at a different level that you would not have realized him at at the other season in your life. Because at the time, oh, we knew, we knew God was faithful. We, we told people God was faithful. But boy, did we learn just how faithful God was when we stepped out from the crowd, when we broke free of the crowd and on our way and I'm going wow sitting in living room floors on a Friday night when we're used to a house full of 25 and 30 people on a Friday night just eating food and eating word and ministering and fellowshipping and it come down to three or four of us sitting in the living room floor crying oh nobody outside our home <laughs> I forgot to give you that part. It was us and the kids crying. Why we, why we, see, you just won't know. You, you, you'll never, until you're willing to step out of the norm, you'll never understand what I'm telling you. There's things in your life that God intends to break, and he can't do it while you're sitting where you're at. You've got to move, baby. You've got to go. Everybody ain't going to like it. Everybody's not going to give you the endorsement stamp. Some are going to say you're stupid. Some are going to call you crazy. Others are going to leave you. What's it worth to you? Oh, to know this man. You've heard about him. See, word has gotten to you. You've heard about him and you, you want to know. Man, pastor keeps preaching every Sunday and every Wednesday that there's something else. And God's calling me and God wants me to get closer and God wants me to come higher. He keeps talking about it. I want to really know what this is. God, he's been preaching about the Holy Spirit. I want to know who this Holy Spirit is. I want to experience. What's it worth to you? See, now, don't get me confused, because I, I hear the religion. I hear that already. My hands itch because I want to smack religion right in the mouth. It's itching, right? I'm telling you. Well, Pastor, you telling me that we got to work to get from God? That's not what I'm telling you. I'm just asking you what it's worth. What, what if God had come to your house tomorrow and said, Joe, I'll put your name out there. He's a dog trainer. <laughs> Stayed to the end of the service to give you a phone number. A good dog trainer. Plenty of referrals. 
loves the Lord. (laughs) But what happens? What happens? God shows up your house tomorrow morning and says, Joe, I've called you to be a disciple. But the place I have for you is not here. What's it worth to you? But God. Come on, I can hear it. I can hear it because it's already been said. That's right. <laughs> but what do you mean? We got a good job. We, things is going so good. And we, what do you mean I got to go? I, I, her words. <laughs> oh, no, we ain't. <laughs> Oh, yes, we did. But you've got to be willing to come outside of the norm. Break free of the tradition. Break free of the religion. Listen for the call of God on your life. Whatever that call. See, man can't tell you. Hear me. Man cannot tell you. God can now, if man brings confirmation, that's one thing. You, you might want to heed confirmation, especially when you ain't talking to whoever it was that brought it. You might want to go, hmm, might be something. Maybe you ought to go on a seven-day fast and give up sweets so you can hear God get yourself out the way because sometimes their head gets a little cloudy with too much sugar. Bing, 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 bing. Now that you know who Zacchaeus was, what what kind of scene do you think it caused? I think it's kind of hilarious myself. I'm seeing a short man busting through the crowd, got his book, probably dropping some papers, pencils, running to get ahead of the crowd. Sometimes God will call you ahead of the move. There might be a day in your life that God calls you because you, oh, come on, stick with me. You, you, you might be appointed the apostle of the move. You might be the one to till the ground. You might be the one to set the stage. Come on, church. You might be the one that God calls out front. Well, God, nobody else is doing it. Well, duh. But I want you. I put it in you. Why why are we always waiting? Can I ask you a question sincerely? What happens if you praise God before I tell you let's praise Him? Not what happens in the church. What happens in you? Because, see, most of the time the congregation just reacts to a request. Yes, you do. Man, a song got you worked up and you're worshiping the Lord in your seat, but you're scared to stand because ain't nobody else standing. Stand up! Who cares what anybody else says? You want to dance? Go dance! Make it holy. Don't be breaking it down up in here. Y'all with me? (laughs) The Bible says that love knows how to appropriate itself. 
Love is appropriate. It knows how to appropriate itself. It, all right. Everything you do, do in love. If you have not love, you're just a clanging symbol. Somebody might call you something different. I'll just say clanging symbol. We'll leave it G-rated. And here he comes. Busting out, dropping papers and pens and pencils and running and getting in front of the crowd. Because he's got to get away from what they're doing. He's got to get away from what has been causing him not to be able to see. I don't call it a coincidence that Jesus or the scriptures picks a small man. I don't call that a coincidence. I call that a spiritual truth underlying in scripture. And it's because that he can't see because of what everybody else is doing. And God had to break him free of that. And get him around the corner. And get him up to where he had to go. And the Bible said that he climbed up. Oh, come on. See, y'all remember when I preached on come up here? Huh? If you, if you want to experience God in a way you've never... You've got to come to him. Y'all keep thinking, well, we just waiting on the Lord, waiting, and he's been sitting at the right hand of the Father since crucifixion. And he said, if you want any part of me, come up here, take up your cross and die. You got to give up yourself. Come up here where I'm at. See, we, kind of, we keep demeaning him. Put him on our level so that he understands us. Man, stop. Well, Pastor, you got to dumb down the gospel a little bit so that we can get it. No, why don't you educate yourself and come up to him? If you got any questions, take notes. Go home, research it. In her case, she questions me going down the road. Ten sixteen. This is what you said. It's kind of like how some of you spouses do to each other. Last Thursday at two o'clock, you said that you was gonna call me, and you did. <laughs> Zacchaeus was willing to be made a fool. This prestigious man, money man. Runs ahead of the crowd. Nobody else is doing it. He's the only one running. Tripping and falling. Man, I can, I'm sorry. And knees all skin up. His hands are skin up. They got books and papers hanging out. And it, then he's going to try to climb a sycamore tree. Get up in that tree. I think there was a couple things with that. Number one, get up in the tree so he can stay above the crowd so he doesn't get pulled back down into what everybody else is doing. The other thing I think is that maybe Jesus would just pass by. See, he just wanted to see Jesus. He wasn't hoping Jesus would see him. Uh-oh. Now, see, now everything that I teach this morning, every one of you going to go, well, nope, not doing that because he's going to see me anyway. <laughs> So you think just sitting at the house, just being, shh, you're okay. God's got his eye on you. Oh, but who, I'm nobody, I don't. Man, I'm not religious as the other ones, thank God. I love you. Well, I don't have the call that he has or 
she has. And, well, I don't do what they do. And I can't pray like they pray. And I can't, I don't read the Bible like they read. See, you're thinking the whole time that you ain't measuring up to somebody else. And the whole time Jesus is sitting there looking at you. He got your name written down. He's already seen, already, he knows you. You can nod them up and twist them up, but he's got every one of them numbered. You can try to hide them, but he knows. He knows you by name. The Bible says that Jesus came and started walking by the tree. Oh, man, it was just like blind Bartimaeus. See, blind Bartimaeus, on the other hand, but he, he, he'd done it a little differently. He was screaming, son of David, have mercy. Y'all remember that story? And he kept hollering at the wayside of the road, son of David. And everybody kept, all the religious crowd, oh, it's just like this one. All the religious crowd was telling him, shut up. The, reli the religious people, the ones that was walking with Jesus, turned to blind Bartimaeus and said, shut up. That's why I will dismiss you in a quick hot second. If you tell somebody it's calling out to God to shut up, we got a big problem. If you can't call out to Jesus in here, where can you? But he's calling out with his mouth, just screaming and yelling. And the whole time Zacchaeus is up in the tree, little old Zacchaeus, he's calling out with his heart. Oh, come on, it's got to go with the whole thing. It has to, because God's already done his little sermon on the mount. He's already told them, it's been said to you. But I say, y'all remember? It, it, don't murder, right? But if I say, if you're angry, you've already murdered. And it says, don't commit adultery. But if you think about it, look upon someone with lust in your heart, you've already. Y'all remember that he took it from an act to a spiritual thing. And here is Zacchaeus. I still, oh, this is running parallel. Not my notes. Bartimaeus, the picture of the ox. Doing, saying, working it. Zacchaeus, the spirit, the heart. Oh, man, we can, can't you, does not your heart cry out? Jesus walks by, and just like Bartimaeus stopping Jesus, Zacchaeus stopped Jesus. No, he didn't throw no acorn down. He was in a sycamore tree. <laughs> See, the sycamore tree was in the Egypt fig tree. Just side note. Something I learned. See, I, I learned something. I mean, y'all quit hating on I learned that. And Jesus, going by, hear the heart of Zacchaeus and stops. Can I tell you, you everybody else don't need to see and hear your action. Everybody else don't need to see and hear your heartfelt desire for 
wanting to know God at a different place. You don't, see, you don't have to come in running across pews and shaking all around and not saying that's, listen, <laughs> if the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you, my friend, let me tell you something. This is why everybody reacts differently. This isn't the teaching, but I'm going to give it because somebody needs it. Why do some people do this? And why do some people do that? And why do some people do this? And why do... Because you do not know how to react to the power of the Holy Spirit. You react out of who you are. Ain't nobody in here can express the Holy Spirit. You express him the best way you know how through you, through your emotion, through, through your desire, through your love for God. That's the only, because so if somebody, if somebody, come, and some people, why people fall out in the Holy Spirit? Because they can't stand up. Boy, that was deep. That's why they fell out, because they can't stand up. Uh, here again, listen, please. How much further do you want to know Christ? How much deeper do you want to get in the pool? I'm telling you, if you would just stop doing this, a lot of people never experience the Holy Spirit because they do this, because they've been taught, no, that's of the devil. What? Holy Spirit, devil. Okay, sounds perfect. Well, that's of the devil. No, you can't do that. You can't speaking in tongues. That's blasphemy. Can't find it in scripture. But a lot of people will never experience the depths of the Holy Spirit because they put the brake on. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. All he will do is offer himself. Men, if you offered yourself to your wives, you said, will you marry me? And she said, yes. <laughs> right? That's how it works. That's just how it works. But if we go forcefully, you're going to marry me. Boy, I can see a lot of y'all getting cut up up in here. <laughs> that woman break blades out and... Jesus stops. He looks up in the tree. And the scripture says, and he said to him, Zacchaeus. Boy, don't you know, he got a little, little scared. He said, wait a minute, this man ain't, don't know my name. What you, I ain't know my name. <laughs> like when the pastor come up and start talking to you and telling you about your life and you go, how he know that? <laughs> right? Then you go home and you smacking husband and wife. Did you tell him? <laughs> Look under that lamp. Is there a bug in there? He says, Zacchaeus. Come down here. Man, to be called out by God. All he, all, see, he got more than what he bargained for. How much is it worth? 
He got more than what he was bargained for. He just, the Bible said he sought to see this man, to see who he was. That's all, all he wanted to do. He just, he wanted to put a face to a name. You ever communicated with somebody for so long, you just like to get a face? Because sometimes, man, I dream up some, some people be, I think, like, look like aliens when I'm talking to them. I'm going, ooh, I'd rather see them. That way I don't have any adverse thoughts about them. All he wanted to do was see him. And Jesus said, because you've sought me, you found me. Because you want to know, I'm going to tell you. Because you have a desire, I'm going to water it. Because you're going against the grain, boy, I can use you. I wonder how many times God has stopped by your tree and he looked up and said, your name. Because there was a time in your life that you were seeking after him. And he called your name out and you went, wait a minute, that's going to cost me a lot. What's it worth? Do you want to die as a Christian? And that's it? Or would you like to die as a disciple? And at least stumble your way through it. And the Bible says that Zacchaeus came down and received him. All right, listen. Remember the early part of the service? When I was telling you about salvation? That was the call. Zacchaeus, come here. And Zacchaeus took that call and responded to the call. That was salvation. That was salvation. I'm fixing to show you discipleship. But that was salvation. Luke used it like nine other times in Scripture. He used that word of rejoicing. It's actually, it, 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 it does mean rejoice, but it said, uh, what's, the, what's the word up here? What am I looking for? This word means rejoicing. Y'all hang on a second. Y'all expect me to get all this stuff in in just a couple minutes and put it all out there? It just You hang on a minute. <laughs> joyfully. He said he received him joyfully. Rejoice, joyfully literally means rejoicing. And that's what Luke used nine different other times when he was talking about faith and salvation. Rejoicing. See, when we receive the call of God, we should be rejoicing in the call. Because if how many of you know it's so much easier to hear God call you or tell you to do something and you do it begrudgingly? Is anybody, okay, all right, let me back up. 
Has anybody ever had a call to do something from God? I don't care what it was. Did you, did you feel in your heart that God said, Michelle, I want you to do this? Anybody done that? Anybody ever had that? Okay, now let me ask this question. How many of you have ever done that and you've done it with a begrudging heart? You did it. Well, I did it, but you didn't really want. I did it. That's not, that's not doing. See, <laughs> I'm going to hurt your feelings. That's being rebellious. That's witchcraft. You've done it. I've done it out of obedience. No, you didn't. If you've done it out of obedience, you do it with a joyful heart. Oh, boy. That's bad stuff. Right? People will hate me for weeks. <laughs> it's manipulation. Because, oh, I don't really want to do it, but I know that you're calling me to do it, so I'm going to do it anyway. After all, if we sow a seed, we get a heart. That's what the pastor says. I'll just do it. How many has God called? How many of us have answered? And done it with a joyful heart. He said, Zacchaeus, I want you to come down here. Because today, <laughs> I love it, man, when the scripture says today, now, suddenly. I, I, you ain't got to rejoice with me. I rejoice in that. Sometimes you just don't have to wait. Some people go, I'm waiting on the Lord. God said if you just picked it up. <laughs> Put the tornado down and just waiting on the Lord. Just waiting on the Lord. God said it's already yours. Just waiting on the Lord. Somebody else come and steal your 20. <laughs> now we got a fight on the hands. Now we got anger in our hearts. See, see how that snowballs. It just doesn't work out. Today. Today. Did he say I must? Well, let's talk about the complaining first. I just seen that again. I'll just wait. But when they saw it, when the crowd saw it, when the church people saw it, when the congregation, when your friends saw it, when your family saw it, when they complained. Because Jesus. He done went and picked up the shortest man, the one with the most sin, in our eyes, in his life, up in a tree with a dress on. <laughs> it wasn't really a dress, but you know. Why Jesus picking him? Come on, can you hear the crowd? I can, I can hear the crowd. I've been with Jesus now because this is the end of his journey. I've been with Jesus now for three and a half years. And he's going to tell him that he wants to come over and. Stay at your house. That's, that's the word I was going to stay. See, this ain't the Sunday school lesson. This ain't the little luncheon that everybody thinks Jesus had with him. <laughs> Theologians say this could very well possibly mean that he stayed overnight. I could go into some more stuff with that too. In your night season, he's going to stay through the night with you. See, you're going to think that there's life is going to be hard. 
Jesus is going to stay tonight. He's going to stay. Make him a bed. Fluff his pillow. Put a chocolate on his pillow. <laughs> he said he received him joyfully. He said, I must stay with you tonight. He said, come down here. Today, I must stay with you. And he received him joyfully. See, there, here is the transition between salvation and discipleship. Are you with me? Are you ready? Now let me finish the other hour and a half of my sermon. Now we're going to talk about discipleship. Take a seat. It's really not. Relax. Zacchaeus now begins to tell Jesus everything that he done. Not only everything that he'd done, he told him what he was going to do. Zacchaeus means righteous one. Means just. Zacchaeus said, Jesus, I've done this and this and and, and I'm giving back four times what I've taken. That was a law put in place for a thief. He called himself a thief. But he recognized that he was a thief. He recognized that he was unsaved. He recognized that he was lost. He recognized that he needed a Savior. That's why he went seeking And he said, not only, because see, watch this. Watch this religious thing right here. They, they'll love this one. Because when, when we say that we have to repent of our sins, people run to the altar. God, forgive me. I've done this wrong, done that wrong. And then they leave. That's a Christian. What about a disciple? You willing to make restitution? Oh, wait a minute, pastor. That's. I, listen, just run with me through the script. He said, anybody I have faulted, I'm going to pay it back four times. Well, we won't give, we, <laughs> we won't give 10% and 20 cent. We, <laughs> to the penny. $16.23. Uh, come on, just stop, man. Smile. That's what I mean. Smile. Everyone. Laughter is like good medicine to the bones. Smile. It won't hurt you. It takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. Just smile through it anyway. It, it don't feel good. Just smile anyway. I don't want to. Just smile anyway. Zacchaeus knew that when he made the answer to the call, it was about to cost him everything. And regardless of what it was going to cost him, he decided to come out of the tree and he went to his house and received Christ joyfully. So much so that he said, 
What's been important to me is no longer important to me. What's important to you means more to me now. This is what I'm willing to do. Lord, see that I have given half of my stuff. Now I'm going to pay. This ain't about your money. Hold your pockets. At the end, I'm not going to say, plant your seed. I'm not going to do that. If you sow your seed today, God, I'm not going to do any of that. Hold you. It's okay. Let go of your wallets. We're talking about what's it going to cost you. And what is it worth to you? What it's going to cost you is everything. That's what it's going to cost. Is it worth it to you? Does that mean that you're not going to... See, you always got to make little disclaimers. Because everybody gets so highly offended. Here's the disclaimer. It's not that you won't be a successful businessman. It's not that you won't live in million-dollar homes. It's not that you won't drive 80, 90, $100,000 cars. It's not that you won't have a checking account. It's not that you're not going to be pretty. It's not that you're not going to be married to someone that you love. It has nothing to do with any of that. What it means is that now has become less than. Somebody will get it. You'll get it on the way home, and you're going to reach over and smack him right upside the head. That's when you go, Pow! What's that for? I just got it! Well, Zacchaeus ain't the little story, is it? I just want to see if I got a couple things for you. I, I, I took the time to write it. Just see if I forgot something. Just let me finish. We're done. Let me finish. I'll just close it. This. I've got two more pieces. A page and a quarter. Shouldn't take 40 minutes. Hmm. Jesus said, I must stay with you. More inclined to mean I must abide in you. If you, want, if you want to become a disciple, I need to abide in you and you in me. See, too many times we, we just want Jesus to, we like the visitations only on the weekends. One day. Just for an hour and a half. It's not even funny, is it? That a man that's willing to die on a cross for you, I'll say for us, so it doesn't hurt you. And I'm not saying that sarcastically, I mean that. Because I'm not, I don't want, I, I want you to understand the weightiness of what it was when a man chose in a garden one night by himself to surrender all that he had so that you might have everlasting life. Do you understand the weightiness to that? If you don't listen to anything else today, listen to that. He decided that everything he had was less valuable to him than you.
he died for you. And the best possible thing that we can find to drum up in our busy little schedules and lives is one day a week for an hour, hour and a half I'm not saying you're not saved. This is about being a disciple. Do you want to be a disciple or do you just want to be saved? I, look, I'm, I give this disclaimer at the very beginning this morning. I said this might not be for everybody. And for those that it wasn't for, please just take a deep breath, hold it, let me get through it, and then you can leave and everything's good, right? Did I not say that? I did say that. You can check it. But for the ones that have been seeking after God. The ones that want their life to be better tomorrow than it is today. The ones that want to serve an everlasting king and to do whatever it is that he wants you to do. It's you. That's who I'm talking to. And it's going to cost you. And I'm not telling you you're going to walk out and God's going to go, okay, you need to give me all your money. You need to give me. Stop with the religious mentality and thinking. Stop it. It could be as much. It's, It's going to cost you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for holding my tongue. Zacchaeus got way more than what he ever thought that he would ever get. Hoping just to see him. The thoughts of just picking him out of the crowd. Just to have a face with this guy, Jesus. Not knowing that Jesus could look so much further and so much deeper into one's life that he could hear their heart and stop and call him. I would dare say to you, that you too would be pleasantly surprised of the things he has in store for you when you take and make the decision to become a disciple of Christ. If you're content where you are with Jesus, this isn't for you. This is for those, as as the psalmist would say, that my heart pants for you. Like a deer for the water. That's the person I'm talking to. You want something else. And I dare say everybody sitting in here wants something else. Because you've all experienced something with religion. And it can only take you as far as religion and rules and regulations and demands can take you. And you're tired. And Jesus wants to offer an opportunity for you. 
And today if He stops by your tree and looks up, what's it worth to you? Are you willing to give up on the things that you desperately desire and seek after because it makes you feel good or because it makes life easier or because it's more comfortable or you become more prominent in the community? Are you willing to let your desire go to fulfill His? That's the question. So I want to close with this. You can stand to your feet. I just want to close with this. and I want to give you an opportunity this morning. I really believe that God put some hot meat on your plate this morning. If you haven't already shut YouTube down, you do it after these questions. I just want to ask you a few questions. What are your values? What is your life built on? What's your identity? You're a successful businessman? A social leader? A popular personality? So much so to the extent that what's important to you is not important to God. Have you put such a great emphasis on what you chase in this life that it no longer involves the Spirit of God in your life? Can I tell you that your achievements will far exceed anything that you could ever dream, hope, or imagine? If you allow God to work in and through your life. And you'll have things that you didn't even ask for. Things that you never hoped for. Things you've never wished for. Things that you didn't desire or lust after or envy. or God just throws it in your lap. Because you've decided that everything in life is beneath his desire for you. In this life. That's the extent of what discipleship will cost you. You'll give up what's important to you in exchange for what's important to him. Maybe you sat in here this morning and Pastor, I, I hear what you're saying and I'm, I'm, I get it. And, and, and I, I'm game. I'm, I'm game. I'm game to move on or whatever. But right now I've got to make. i got to make it clear in my heart with God. 
Y'all already know how I feel about that. So I'm not, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to sprint to the front. I'm not going to ask you to repeat no prayer after me. I'm asking you this morning, if you are being called by the Holy Spirit to give your life to Christ, today is the day for salvation. You answer that call. You and God. Man has absolutely nothing to do with your salvation. What you've done in the past isn't bad enough to keep God's love from you. Fetch you this morning, I'm going to pray with you right here. And this is what we're going to do. We're, I'm, I'm going to pray, Father, this morning, I pray that the, the scales from the eyes of those that are blind, Father, that they would fall off. Father, that your light would penetrate their soul. God, that your love and your compassion and your mercy would draw them, Father, unto salvation. God, that they begin, that they begin to know and understand a different life. They, they see a difference in their life. God, I don't want this to be some methodical or thought-out process of Given their hearts to you. I just, I want this to be of your spirit. Because if it's of your spirit, I know it will hold. It will stick. Even when they stray, it will stick. How could we turn away from something that we taste so good? So Holy Spirit, this morning I ask that you go through each and every one of our lives. That you would convict us in areas that we need to fix. That only you can do. The Bible says if, if any man should give his heart to Christ, if he accepts Jesus, now therefore there is no condemnation. Don't take the conviction of the Holy Spirit this morning as condemnation. Run to the Father. That's the Holy Spirit loving on you. Picture that song that the, the gates fling wide. That's what just happened for you. God, God flicked a finger and flung open the gates for you this morning. His Spirit is ushering you into His throne room. Meet Jesus. Don't let it pass you by today. And maybe you was in here this morning and Oh, you know Jesus on that level. But something has happened over the, over the years, over the months, the weeks. And it's caused you not to be so, so eager for Him as you were. But there's something in you that keeps... Tugging. There's a desire that you want to grow a little bit more 
than where you are right now. There, there's something for some of you. There, there's been something that you've been reaching and grabbing for for a long time. Can I tell you that today? He wants to stay with you. You have, to, you have to inside yourself ask this question. What's it worth? What's it worth to know him on another level? Would you, would you be willing to put yourself out? Possibly being known as a fool? Running ahead of the crowd? What's it worth to you? Father, this morning I, I pray a spirit of 